This is Steel City Business, the Sheffield Business Podcast. Hello, I'm James Marriott and welcome to this special episode of Steel City Business. As the UK and indeed the world tackles the biggest health crisis for decades, our thoughts are of course with those who are already affected by coronavirus. Now, we all know the prediction of how many people are expected to catch COVID-19. This episode of the podcast isn't looking at anything to do with the health side of things because, of course, in the meantime, things, well, they carry on. In the next couple of weeks, we're likely to see an unprecedented number of people moving to a working from home situation, a huge number of which have probably never worked from outside their office environment before. And so today we're looking specifically at that question. How can business carry on in the midst of a national emergency like the one that we're in at the moment? I'm joined by Ben Kearns from 24-7 Cloud. Hello, Ben. Good morning, James. Um, Regular listeners to the show will know that we normally focus very much on the business and on the individual. We're doing something a little bit different today, but I think it is important for us to just kind of lay down the background. So, Ben, just tell me a bit about 24-7 Cloud, if you would do. Certainly. Uh, 24-7 Cloud is a company who supply telecoms products. We're essentially a telecoms company. We launched our new product, Pod, which is a unified communications products back at Channel Live at the NEC in September last year. We supply, Pod is our main solution at the moment. We also supply a number of mobile and other quite tricky and very boring network solutions to make sure people have the connectivity they need to be able to run their business without worrying about their telecoms. I'm head of sales and I was appointed really to try to pod pre and post launch. Okay, so um, I know obviously you're a, you're a Sheffield lad. What, what's your background? Uh, sorry, I have to I have to confess now. I am an interloper. I am a Manchester lad. Uh, I live in Sheffield. Sheffield is my adopted city, and our company is headquartered <laughs> in Leeds. So we're kind of you can say, and I went to university in Liverpool. So I'm kind of a one man tour of the Northern <laughs> Powerhouse, uh, with the except with the excuses to obviously Grimsby Hall and people in that way on the on the uh, M62 corridor. I've been in telecoms since 2006. There are obviously many changes, and as as we discussed in our email exchange, which preceded this this podcast, the the the, the, the picture of telecoms such as is changing anyway. But the current situation with the coronavirus and also the floods and other concerns are now forcing changes um, to come upon us more quickly. A lot of people are very concerned about the environment, so the movement in telecoms has been. Um, following, tracking along the, the probably the changes in the business environment and as a whole. And we, we just have a conversation of the day, for example, if you had to explain to someone who'd newly arrived from Mars, why are we all jump in our cars between eight and nine o'clock in the morning and go along very, very congested rows to sit in an office where we're kind of designed to be separated from each other and then at five o'clock we come and do the reverse, <laughs> they would think you're insane. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, does it? It, it makes no, no sense at all. We all do it. Now, okay, so now, much as coronavirus at the moment is very much you know, an awful situation, which has forced many people to work from home, those who can work from home, I should stress, it, it, it does make us question, do people have the ability to work from home? And all telecoms, all telecoms companies do, and IT companies and you know, United, Unified Comms companies, is provide a service to facilitate people to do their job. Uh, but we, obviously, we have to adapt and change with the with the business environment. 
But I do think there is a, there is a as we see recently, our disaster planning in general in this country is quite poor. The floods brought the country or parts of the country um, grinding to a halt. The snow every other year seems to catch us out, catch us by surprise, even though, even though it comes regularly every other year. And I think just giving the, the people facility to work when they can, and it's like I'm sure this podcast is not always possible to work at home, is, is my role really to make sure people have that connectivity and the tools to work from home. Packing people off home with a, with a laptop and a mobile phone, and there you go, that's not a solution. Okay, so um, I mean, for years now, and, and you kind of touched on this there, we, we've sort of been living in a world where things have been changing and they've been moving towards a situation. And I, I remember when I first started work that, you know, that, that situation that you described there about driving to work at eight o'clock, driving home at five o'clock, that was absolutely the norm. And that's pretty much what everyone did. Now, along came the internet um, and that started to change things uh, a little. And, and over the last probably, what, 20, 25 years, we've seen things change even more to a situation where there's more people who are working flexibly you know this 24 7 society that we uh, that we live in now there's more people working from home there's more people working on the go you know there aren't many trains or cafes now that don't have wi-fi so effectively everywhere has become a potential office so how, how have you seen things change up to the current situation that we we find ourselves in now with regards to the coronavirus Probably over the last five years, your average company had very little contact with their telecoms supplier. They would see them once every five years to renew the lease or renew their equipment and buy some new equipment. We sat in a cupboard within the, within the building gathering dust. They paid bills on time every month. And then five years later, your average salesperson would just pop up and say, hi, time to change your phone system. Would you like to stay with us or do you like to go to market? would be some of varying levels of awkwardness depending on the service they provided within those five years and, and then they would they would teach that that would be it for the next five years any moves and changes if you wanted to change um, the name on a handset that would sometimes be chargeable from the telecoms company now in the last five years possibly even slightly before that with the advent of voice over internet the telecoms picture has changed there were a number of solutions a lot of false storms a lot of people thought Skype would be a great business solution. It did turn out to be a great business solution, but I think in its early days, it wasn't fit for business. It was great to speak to Anthony Shield in Australia at the weekend, but would you want to run your business for it? No, probably not. Um, fantastic solution now. And the, the bucket is now flooded with unified comms solutions. But even those, you know, we, can, we could quite happily do this. Um, we are doing this this thing because of because of the current situation in completely separate locations number of ways we could do that we could just do it on the phone we could do it using one of a number of applications but what we found is companies have struggled to unify their communications i know that's a, a slightly cliched expression a hackneyed expression now but unified communications could also mean yes we can facetime james and we can see each other but if i show you a document and we needed to work on it together we also need those tools and we also need that to sit comfortably with our our office telecom solution so people are you know inevitably going to be in an office that somewhere either needs to be pulled uh someone people need to be on site to maintain buildings but we need to make sure all those things have covered so that well, i think the main thing that's changed over the last years is the number of options and, and my job as head of sales at 24 cloud especially especially through pod 
is to simplify the commons market. It is an absolute minefield. Just to give you an example, someone phoned me the other day, not really and potentially a client of ours, but just wanted some clarification on some items. Bill, absolutely desperate, gone to their own their current ter- telecom supplier, items on the bill they couldn't name. And I realised, you look at the average telecoms bill, people don't know which products and services they're paying for on a monthly basis. So I just went onto the Ofcom website because I don't think many people would just happen across that. I've had to spend half my life on it. Um, and there's a, there's a great jargon buster. So we just put that on LinkedIn and hopefully that's helpful to people. So I think our position has to be more as people who can offer advice especially in these times people don't know what is available if you know that that is one of our challenges at the moment is a lot of businesses if i'm in the the pharmaceutical industry it's not my job to keep myself aware of what the new development of the telecoms industry i would like my uh, crm or my client database to somehow link to my telephone but i don't even know if that's possible so who do i phone to do and to position ourselves as suppliers of reliable information, impartial information, as well as impartial as one can, one has a product to promote uh, oneself, it, it's crucial. People need our help at the moment, and we're you know we're trying to we're trying to make sure that we're there in uh, in these very uh, unique circumstances that we're facing at the moment. So, so on that, Ben. Um, I mean, if the, if there's a word of the the last fortnight, it would probably be panic because I think that's what we've seen throughout society is people panicking about a situation that, for most of us, is kind of unprecedented in our in our lifetime and something that we've not come across before. Um, I, I guess, from a business point of view, that there will be a lot of companies out there who've in the past maybe not really considered remote working or certainly not offered remote working to their employees who now that find themselves very quickly having to kind of catch up and do that so um what what's the situation been like from your point of view over the last few weeks uh, there's there's been um certainly an uplifting demand for inquiries for home working solutions a lot of them as as a as a just in case and i, I you know i think i think you're right james the word is, the word is panic now only time will tell how justified that panic uh, actually was but i think because of the floods, coronavirus, number of, number of other events, people are realising we have to at least offer the option for people to work at home sometimes. And it, it, there's a wider picture involved here, James. There's obviously, we, much as we joked earlier about the commute and sitting in traffic for two hours to go five miles, that can have a serious impact on, on someone's mental health. I, I tend to work at home three days a week and I've worked out that saves me probably eight hours a week. Now, if I was a workaholic, I could devote those eight hours to to doing extra hours working from home because I've saved myself the commute. If, if I could spend it with my family, but I've got the choice but to free up eight hours a week and have no impact on my productivity. It does it does question why why we don't why more companies don't do it all the time in terms of non panic, if you like. Now, I think it has been. I, I personally think the larger the problem has been a cultural one in terms of the people who have to work in the office. I'm going to say, like, for example, office-based colleagues. If you work at home, you're quite an easy target for them because the, the, the lazy perception, the lazy stereotype is that somebody working from home is every now and then wiggling their mouse to make it look like they're doing something on a computer and then going and putting the washing on or watching cash in the attic or uh, or sorting the kids out or, or you know, doing that. And I think the, the irony is, James, the tech has been there for years, as we discussed earlier. How many years since we've been able to speak to each other, see people on FaceTime or other applications? You've been able to work from home and see your colleagues in the office, been able to work from home, be connected to your colleagues in the office. They've been there, but the, the, I think part of the back end stuff is the, rec- the reporting tools. 
can I can I think that people are working for home that they're they're productive? And again, the wider question is: Well, if I don't trust my people, my employees to work for home, I've probably got a recruitment issue, uh, or I've probably got a trust issue as, as an MD. Give people you will see the the um, the end product in your, your productivity. For example, I, I, I work from home. I can literally just open a window of a screen and I can see who's available for me to make a call to in the office uh, and how many calls I've made. I can, I can if, I, if I felt particularly like I need to justify my role, which I don't, I could send a report, which, which I, get, I get emailed to myself every day to say how many calls I've made, for example, or I can, people can see my availability 24-7. And it, it is having that back end. I think the guilt in the past of people working from home, you tend to work harder. You tend to work longer hours working from home to justify the fact that, that you are working from home to combat that perception that you are actually just doing, uh, you know, working five days, laundry day. <laughs> um, kind of the, the, the situation that we're in right now is that, well, is that the situation is changing on a daily basis. So it's, it's quite difficult for us to kind of discuss what companies should be doing right now, because depending when people listen to this, um, that situation may have, have changed. I'm guessing one of the questions that will come up time and time again, uh, whatever kind of point of, of this situation that we're in from, from business will be, look, is this really expensive? Is this going to cost me a fortune? I'm contractually obliged to say about our own products that no, it won't. Uh, it's probably going to cost the difference in terms of equipping a single person to work at home for a month will cost you less uh, than, uh, it, it compared with the, having them sat in the office is less than the cost of a, a jar of hand sanitizer at the moment. Which we are okay. That doesn't really clarify because uh, they're going for the money. But, but for me to sit at home to to be able to launch a teleconference um, to tw- for twenty five people, so both clients and non clients people within my business and and uh, people who work you know, other contacts, people who don't work in my business, clients. I could sit and host a teleconference, a full phone, video, conferencing, remote desktop ac- access facilities for under twenty pounds a month. It's ridiculous. It, if you think what people are paying now for for the most basic products due to this panic that we're seeing at the moment, it, it, it's it's, yeah. it's no more expensive. Well, put it this way, it's no more expensive to work from home than it is me to work in an office. I'll give you. I mean, this yeah. is pre-panic. This is pre-panic. A great example. I went to see a client many years ago when I was was, I was selling uh, business to business, and he originally contacted me because he wanted to um, move premises. The, the original uh, phone call was about moving his. Um, the phone system to a new premises he was looking at. As we were talking about the about the reason and the drivers for his moving premises, he were printing, and they'd outgrown the current premises uh, because they were getting a lot of inbound inquiries from the UK and Europe and, and further afield, and needed people to be there to answer the phones. And he wanted them all in one place. But obviously, imagine a printing, uh, you know, printing company has some some very very bulky, some very large equipment. that cost moving was going to be phenomenal. So, cut a very long story short. Uh, well, as, as short as a short as a can. Um, he didn't move. What we did was the printing presses stayed in place. He stayed in place. He got a number of the guys who were working on the printing press, their partners at home, largely they were the people going to answer the calls. We set them up as home workers. They could log in after they'd done the school run. I know I'm, I'm probably stereotyping people at the moment here, but this is actually what happened. They could log in after the school run answer calls during the core bus hours and then log out half past two, three o'clock when things were, were quieter then uh, default back to this stuff. And th- it, it turns out there was actually no need to move it. So they saved the guy a fortune. It's about being, you know, adaptable and being able to make changes. 
what's happening, all that's happening at the moment, the current situation is the coronavirus is forcing us to make changes and to make people aware of the, how easy it is to, to come up with a solution that they actually need. Using largely using the tools that they've already got. There's no need. If you want to set up now 50% of your workers to work from home and be completely connected by telephone back to the office, you don't need a new telephone system. It's a very, very simple and very pain-free uh, transition to make. Ben, I was um, I was in Sheffield City Centre a couple of days ago, just walking through the centre of town, which which um, does feel different than it did um, like a month ago. There's a different feeling pretty much everywhere that you go right now. And I just thought, <clears throat> what, I'd, what I'd give to just be able to take a peep three months into the future and just see what what kind of you know life is like three months into the future, because it feels like the situation that we're in is something that is is going to change things. It's going to change things in the in the long run. Now, thinking specifically about the topic that we're talking about today, about remote working and working from home, um, if there are companies that have, have maybe not done this before and are having to do it now, it, it feels like, you know, once this, um, fingers crossed, once this all dies down and, and you know, we hope that coronavirus, you know, does, does pass and, 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 and you know, it's not a, a kind of a long-term situation that we have to deal with. Uh, but once we're through this, it, it feels like there will be parts of society that have pretty much changed forever. What What's your take on the impact of this in terms of, of that longer-term picture because i kind of feel like there there will be more companies now that make this the norm in terms of people working remotely i would hope so um i would i would definitely hope so you're right there is a definitely a different feel around the city center at the moment sheffield leeds manchester i've been to it in the in the last week there's a number of big um expositions which which have been called off this is kind of in our industry and in a lot of others this is exposed season um They've been called off a, a sort of good friend of mine, very, very concerned. Um, she runs a successful online um, home furnishings company and they, they don't know they don't know even today, I don't think, where the ideal home exhibition is about to be called off. If we could look <laughs> if we could look three months into the future, I think as always with these things, you know, I'm I'm, I'm my adopted city, Sheffield we are great adapters, we will overcome. As long as we get the message effectively that help is on hand, we will Businesses will survive. We will, with the tools are there for them to survive. They will survive. Uh, I think it's very new, and we feel unknown. And I, I think that's a large cause of the panic, which we, which we have been talking talking about. People will adapt, and, and let's say, God willing, that this all dies down, and it turns out to be not as severe as we're currently considering the possibility of. There will be companies who adopt and say, right, that was really a shot across our bows. We need to make sure that at the 24 hours notice, we can redeploy and have people working from home, or we can divert all our phones to our mobiles, or if we have to abandon this office due to virus, due to fire, due to flood, due to snow, due to, Lord knows, the, the earthquake, plague of locusts, we can do so with minimal business impact. All our clients need to know is that if someone phones them, that call will get through to the right person. They don't care whether that person is sat in office, sat at home, you know, it's sat in Starbucks, sat on Mars. As long as that call gets through and the call can be dealt with professionally uh, and, and with no panic, that is our goal uh, to make sure that happens. That said, as we talked about earlier, James, companies who who just think, okay, well, uh, that that was that was a very difficult situation. We're now through it and don't learn from it. I, I think the, the companies that have that culture. We'll have a, an, you know, an inherent cultural problem anyway. And this is, a, again, part of the wider picture that every year we get caught out by the floods. Every year we get caught out uh, by the snow. 
I'm sure in a couple of months we'll also be caught out by the by the drought, uh, which which will be uh, which will be touted on the news, no doubt, following the months. But it's one of those things that these these things are cyclical. But you need to be prepared for, for as much as you can for, for everything. You know what happens if you come in and there's been a flood in the office and your systems in the telephone cupboard. It's fused. It's underwater. It's inaccessible. You can't change it. Disaster recovery is a large part of our work at the 24/7 Cloud, as the name would suggest. We're going to make sure you're contactable if you want to be 24/7. Uh, and, and tools, uh, obviously, I would like to talk about, but there are many, many other, many other products on the market. And to make sure that in the event of a disaster, in the event of some interruption to your business, the damage is minimised and the, the impact on the businesses and, more importantly, the clients of the, the businesses, the end users, uh, is is uh, is minimised as well. And the sensible businesses will change and adapt. And the great thing about my adopted city, Sheffield, and my home city, Manchester, we have a history of adapting and surviving, which is why it's such a great place to such a great place to work. You walk through now on the way to, to Sheffield, you walk through Kellerman, it's great, new businesses springing up, innovative, new, fresh businesses. Fantastic to be part of it. Fantastic to be based in the city. Um, and it, it, I think, as I say, we have a culture of adapting and uh, survive and thrive. Okay. Ben, you mentioned um, that you work from home three days a week, usually. Um, I'm self-employed, so I do a lot of working from um, home. So I thought to kind of wrap this episode up, um, like many people, when I first started working from home, I probably got it wrong, mostly, before I learned how to get it right. So I've put together my own top five tips, and they're, they're pretty much common sense, uh, but my top five tips for working from home. So I thought I'd run through those um, and then at the end, just get your opinion and see if there's anything else that you want to uh, to bowl in. So this is James Marriott's top five tips for working from home. Number one is routine. And this, I think, would be number one of anyone who's ever worked from home ever uh, will uh, will put this top of their list of, of things that you need to get right. And that is stuff like, you know, set the alarm in the way that you normally would do. Have your breakfast before you start work. You know, do get, get into a routine of doing things and start work at the time that you mean to start work. Because if um, uh, working from home is all about flexibility, but if you're too flexible, then you just don't get things done. So, so having a routine and sticking to it would be my number one tip. Um, number two is office space. So, and this is not always possible, but try and set a bit of space aside, which is your office space. That's your work zone. So when you're in that space, you're in work mode, if that makes sense. So as I say, it's not always possible and it might involve a little bit of moving things around for people at the moment who are maybe getting into the idea of working from home who haven't done before. But uh, I find that it really pays dividends to have somewhere that is your that is your work zone. Um, number three, and this is very pertinent to kind of what we've been talking about um, today, and, and and obviously the the range of products that, that you have, Ben. Number three is video calling. Use video calling to your advantage. Um, we've touched on the fact that there are a lot of solutions out there, and it, it's probably worth doing a bit of research for people to see what kind of suits them best. But video calling means that you still see your colleagues, you still feel like there's a world out there, and you're not just staring at an email inbox for your entire workday. Um, and honestly, if you use it to your advantage, you will reap the benefits from that. 
Uh, number four is um, slightly contradicts number one, but I'll explain. So number four is use the flexibility. So the joy of working from home is that it gives you flexibility. If you need to arrange a delivery, then you can do it during the day. If you want to have someone over for lunch, then you can have someone over for lunch. But make sure it fits with respecting the routine. Don't take a four-hour lunch break and then wonder why you've not got as much done as you wanted to do. You know, if you want to move your lunch break and have it at a different time, then do it. But make sure that you're respecting your routine. Um, and number five is finish when you finish as much as is humanly possible. And what I mean by that is if you're if if you work in an office and you finish at five o'clock and you go home at five o'clock and you see your family and you enjoy your evening. When you work from home, then five o'clock may come and go and you think, I'm just going to get this finished. And then you think, right, I'll have tea now and I'm going to finish that email afterwards. And it really blurs the lines. And it's great to have that flexibility. But what you need to do is to be able to separate out your work life and your home life. So when it reaches five o'clock, finish that email that you're doing and then you finish work and you go back into your family mode or your home mode um, and you leave work behind. And, and, and we all from time to time will jump on our phone and just think, right, I'm just going to do these emails very quickly now after tea or something. And that's fine. Do what you would normally do, but try and make sure those lines don't become too blurred because then you find yourself in quite an awkward position. So um, they're my five tips, Ben. Um, any of those that you would hugely disagree with or anything else that you want to kind of bowl into that? I think you're absolutely right. I think it, it, working from home is not an, a, not an easy thing. I mean, it sounds an easy thing on, on the Facebook. You're absolutely absolutely right, James. The easiest thing, that the temptation is to wander downstairs at half past six in my pyjamas, just think, oh, I've seen a couple of emails that came in late last night. I'll reply to them. And then you get carried away in something else. At five to eleven, I realise I've got a video conference which is about to start, and I'm still sat in my pajamas. And trust me, James, that is absolutely <laughs> something that no one really wants to see, and that is not going to benefit anybody <laughs> at all. Um, and I think you have you're right. You have got to be you no, know, not afraid to be able to say at whatever time you want. Okay, it's five o'clock, six o'clock. I'm now closing that down. I am now a dad. I'm a partner again, and I'm you know I'm not head of sales at the twenty four seven cloud communications. That flexibility is great. So if someone asks me to take a teleconference at, at six o'clock, seven o'clock, I'd be far more enthusiastic about it if I knew I could literally at the end of it walk, close the door and walk out of, of this space and, and, and be with my family in the, the kitchen or in, in the lounge. So I, I personally love that flexibility, not for everybody. And don't forget this, this thing about, like I said earlier, what I think why we, why we started our whole conversation pre, pre-podcast that led to this podcast is packing people off the laptop on a mobile phone and telling them to work at home. That's not always possible. I'm fortunate. I have a dedicated area within my house that I, I can call an office, as, as do you. But for some people, that would cause stress. They, would, they don't have that area available. And if they were asked to join a video conference uh, where it was clear they were in the kitchen or a bedroom, that, that would be very, very uncomfortable for them. So it's, it's not, it's not a, 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 a be-all and end-all solution. I wouldn't want to work from home five days a week because I'll miss things in the office. Some of the most productive meetings we have are just overheard conversations in the in the canteen area, or listen to you're know, walking up to a colleague at desk, or what you were. I'm working on that. I might be able to help you with that. So, for me, it's never going to be a, a complete solution. And I think companies' attitude you need to look at it very, very carefully and say, you know, we need to work at make sure people can work from home if it's suitable for them without causing them any, any kind of a, uh, kind of a, kind of embarrassment. But yeah, even. Working from home three days a week, that's I've reduced my environmental footprint in terms of driving my car by, by 60% or get, you know, getting on public transport or whatever. And it, it, the benefits are, the benefits are endless. It does fit into a much wider picture. And, but I think it's an ongoing discussion, definitely, definitely to be had. 
the message I would love to get to, to companies in Sheffield, Leeds, Manchester, anywhere, country, anywhere in the world, that the solution that you need is there. It's out there. It's, it, the solution is available. It's just a question of getting in touch with your buzz or your preferred telecom supplier and, and asking, I need this to happen. Can you make it happen? Because I have this problem and I need this solution. And I'm, uh, 99.999 times out of, out of those situations, we can do that. We can do that. Don't be afraid to ask is the, is the golden rule. We will help you. We're here to help. Ben, that's brilliant. Um, thank you very much for uh, for your time. I uh, I appreciate that. If anyone wants to find out kind of any more about about you, or maybe get in touch with you, or find out more about twenty four seven cloud, what's the best way of them doing that? Uh, they can buy all this our website, which is www dot twenty four seven cloud dot co dot uk. That's number two, number four, the the word seven. And um, they can search for us online. They can look for me on my LinkedIn page. Well, Ben, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. James, thank you very much. Find us at steelcitybusiness.com and subscribe to get our new episodes first. Audio marketing works. Talk to the Rebel Base Media team about creating a custom, cost-effective podcast for your business at rebelbasemedia.io.